Well, good morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can meet me in Revelation 21. Uh, Revelation 21, verse 1 through 6. Uh, thank you, Michelle, for leading us in prayer. And thank you to the Jung family for partnering with us um, and going uh, to the nations uh, to bring the gospel. Uh, as was mentioned, I'm, I'm Evan, one of the pastors here. I'm thankful to be in the Word together this morning. We've been in a sermon series that's been titled, Who We Are. Uh, in this season, we want to make clear our identity as a church. Uh, and so we've been looking at our identity statement and pulling it apart and excavating it with God's Word. Uh, and allow me to, to put before you our identity statement again that says, uh, we are a community of people called to rest in Christ as we live for the renewal of all things in the city for the world. Uh, so we're taking the statement piece by piece. This week, we are going to consider together living for the renewal of all things. I love that this phrase happens right after rest in Christ uh, because it is not sequence, uh, a sequence. Uh, resting in Christ happens as we live for the renewal of all things. Uh, they're happening at the same time. Um, but what does it mean to live? Uh, what are you really living for? Uh, what are you living towards? Uh, let's consider this together as we read Revelation 21, verse 1 through 6. If you're able, I invite you to stand as we read this passage together. Uh, hear now the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I love when the text preaches itself, don't you? It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you that your word is trustworthy and true. Lord, thank you that when we open your word, you open your mouth and you speak. And so, Lord, I ask that as I speak to the ear, you would speak to the heart and transform lives. Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh, Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
I was raised in the black church. And in the black church, we, we used to have what was called testimony service. Now, testimony service doesn't happen like it used to anymore. Uh, but I remember being a kid sitting through testimony service where folks would, would get up before the congregation and they would share what the Lord was doing in their lives. Now, the pastor would start this off by, by getting up before the people and he would start with a song. Uh, and he'd usually say, wait in the water, wait in the water, children, wait in the water, God's gonna trouble the water. And then sister so-and-so would get up and she'd start sharing about her struggles with finances and looking to the Lord to cover her bills. And, uh, and after she would share, we would all join in by saying, God's gonna trouble the waters. And then brother so-and-so would get up and he would share with, with the congregation his health issues and how he needs the Lord to work through his doctor visits. And again, when he was done, we would all say together, God's gonna trouble the water. Person after person would get up and share about wayward children or job troubles or sin struggles. And, and we would all say after each person was done, God's gonna trouble the waters. And every now and then, you know, the pastor would get back up and just recalibrate folks, gather them together and just get up and get, wait in the water, wait in the water, children. The purpose of testimony service was for the church to come together and share about how we were looking to the Lord for how to live through what we were dealing with. But also, uh, it was a time to learn how to hope. How to hope for, for God to trouble the waters of our lives. Even as the seasoned saints would share where the troubles of life were ongoing, they were testifying as a reminder because they knew what they were living for. They knew who had the final say over their lives. The black church taught me a valuable lesson about what it means to live for the renewal of all things. The historic black church has often been at the forefront of living and modeling what it looks like to live for renewal. A spirit-filled hand to the plow, yet trusting that God is going to trouble the waters. He is on the move. And for us as a church, as God's people, we live with the understanding that this world is headed somewhere. That life is not just happening. No, God is moving and working. And yet the challenge we face is living as though the arc of the universe is bending towards justice and goodness. The songwriter tells us that though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. Where do we get that? But where can we both rest and live for this kind of reality? Revelation 21 is a great place to camp out. 
the, the book of Revelation is an extraordinary place to behold the Lord's work in and through his people. Uh, the book is full of catastrophe and adventure. You see in Revelation wars and plagues and downfalls and triumphs. You, you see the enemies of God's people rise and fall. And we get to the, to the last two chapters. Uh, you, you see the end of the consummation of all things. You see the fullness of restoration. And what we see at the end is God's truth triumphing through us. And as we long for the day, we live for that renewal. Because what we long for is what we live for. And Revelation 21 teaches us to long for what God longs for, to move towards what God is moving towards. In this chapter, we see the renewal that we long for. The chapter shows us three things. That renewal has a place, it has a purpose, and it is a person. Renewal has a place, it has a purpose, and it is a person. Verse 1 through 3 help us to see the place of renewal. Uh, that there's so much contrasting imagery in these verses. We, we see a renewed heaven and earth and also what has been uh, central of God's presence and blessing is Jerusalem, uh, the holy city. Uh, and as a side note, we, we see that the sea was no more. Uh, and somebody might be thinking, well, that's a bummer because I like to surf. Um, but Revelation is, is full of imagistic and symbolic features. And so, like, in chapter 13, evil is manifested as a beast emerging from the sea. Culturally, there was an association of unrest and danger and turbulence with the sea. And so the sea, uh, being no more, is the idea that this new heaven and earth will be a place of complete and uninterrupted peace. No evil, no destruction will remain. But as the verses unfold and this holy city is adorned as a bride for her husband, what comes into focus is the actual place of renewal. Yes, all of creation will, will have a never-before-seen splendor to it, and yet the centerpiece of renewal is God's people. Did you see it in verse 3? The Lord says, the dwelling place of God is with mankind. His truth will triumph through us. And then we see a statement that really serves as a theme statement for the grand story of the Bible. Uh, he says, they will be God's people and God himself will be with them as their God. If you want a good summary of what the Bible is about, that's, that's it right there. God saying, I will be their God, and they will be my people. There's so much to un unpack in that, but uh, that is the thread of the grand story of Scripture. Over and over, as God shows his faithfulness to the covenant that he made with his people, the refrain is, I will be their God, and they will be my people. We see it in Genesis 17 with Abraham, Exodus 19 with Moses, 2 Samuel 7 with King David, throughout the prophets like Jeremiah 7, Ezekiel 11, Hosea 2, Zechariah 8, and in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 2. Over and over, I will be their God, 
and they will be my people. The grand story moves through this thread, this theme of God's faithfulness. The struggle is, too often, we do not live as though we are the place of renewal. We often do not live as though we want to see God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Are you living as though you are deeply beloved as a bride for her husband? God's people are called his ambassadors. We are called a holy priesthood. We are called the body of Christ. We are the place of renewal. But many folks struggle to be around the church. They struggle to be around the church when we miss this. They are disillusioned by how we have represented our God and his kingdom. Too often the church looks more like the culture of the world than the kingdom of God. We, we look more like a particular news outlet or a particular political party or a particular media platform. We, we fail to be the place of renewal. And yet, the Lord has never and will never change his mind about his people. That's why I love grace. I, I really love grace. <laughs> I love grace because grace is for people who fail. I said grace is for people who fail. This thread is intention because too often we treat church as if it is about a relatively good person talking to relatively good people about how to be relatively better people after listening to relatively good music that makes you relatively happier. But when the Bible says, I will be their God and they will be my people, that is a statement of grace. Abraham needed grace. Moses needed grace. King David needed grace. The people of God in exile and the wilderness needed grace. You and me, we need grace. The promise was given to a people that failed over and over again. And the good news is that God has never been overwhelmed by our sin. He continues to claim us. He has never had a plan B. He wants to dwell with us. And that's good news for us who spend so much time dwelling in sin. God wants to dwell with us. And as he dwells with us, he radiates his glory through us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever forever. We are the place of renewal, but God doesn't stop there. He also has a purpose for renewal. Verse 4 and verse 5 in our text are some of the most powerful verses in all the Bible. When I was preparing this sermon, I couldn't read verse 4 without coming to tears. Look at verse 4 with me. It says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. 
Now, if I can't get an amen and a hallelujah right there, I don't know what can help you. <laughs> Renewal brings forth God's kingdom purposes, healing, goodness, and justice. And when we get to the end of the story, we see how God has troubled the waters. <laughs> and I, I just love how absolute the verse is. He says, no more. No more pain. No more tears. No more mourning. No more death. No more. Because God has troubled the waters. What is your no more? No more chronic pain. No more sick kids. No more miscarriages. No more because God has troubled the waters. No more traffic accidents, no more disappearances, no more suicides, no more anxiety, no more loneliness, no more panic attacks, no more because God has troubled the waters. No more depression, no more unexplained darkness, no more abuse, no more tumors, no more tossing and turning in your bed, no more because God has troubled the waters. No more bills racking up, no more wage gaps or health disparities, no more racing thoughts, no more scary diagnoses, no more tears over wayward love ones. No more because God has troubled the waters. No more addiction. No more self-harm. No more divorces. No more getting dumped by your boyfriend or your girlfriend. No, no more betrayals. No more mass shootings. No more because God has troubled the waters. No more earthquakes. No more lies. No more slander. No more painful sting of the affairs. No more injustice. No more shame. No more disappointment. No more because God has troubled the waters. You will never cry yourself to sleep. You will never wake up with aches and pains. You will walk upright and strong. You won't be exploited. You won't be bored. You won't be confused in your mind or your body no more because God has troubled the waters. What is your no more? What is your no more child of God? And when's the last time you gave God praise for the no more coming? No more. And I love how God puts a finer point on it. Just in case you have any wonderings about your no more, he says in verse 5, this is true and trustworthy. I am making all things new. You know, I studied this in the Greek and I looked up the word all. You know what the word all means? All. <laughs> Everything, all things, nothing is left out. Everything touched by the curse of the fall will be made new. And then God has the audacity to say in verse 6, it is done. Same declaration as when the Lord was on the cross, it is done. The weary will finally and completely be at rest. Amen and amen. That's the purpose of renewal. As long as there are tears, we live for renewal. As long as there is pain or mourning, we live for renewal. And one day, we will be able to say, it is done. He has come to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. 
So no more let sin and sorrow grow. Renewal has a place. Renewal has a purpose. And lastly, renewal is a person. Renewal is a person. I I have never met someone that does not on some level crave what verse 4 and 5 is offering. But as followers of Christ, we live with the understanding that renewal is not found in a what, but it's found in a who. We live for the source of the renewal. One of our values as a church is the glory of God above all things. That is an offensive idea if you think that anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ is the source of renewal. And I am offended often. Because I'm often wrestling to be the source. But God has revealed himself to his people that they might worship him and have the fullness that they long for in him. How does verse 6 put it? I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Living for renewal means that we live for God. Living for renewal means that the one who sits on the throne has become our king. Have you bowed the knee to this king? Because you cannot have the kingdom without the king. You cannot have renewal without the renewer. Have you bowed the knee to this king? And again, I love how verse 6 frames it. He says, to the thirsty, I will give without payment. Aren't you thirsty? Don't you long for for the end of death? Don't, Don't you long for the end of pain? Aren't you thirsty? Don't you long for the end of breaking news stories of wars and shootings and disasters? I can't wait for some of us to be out of a job. (laughs) One day therapists are going to be out of a job. I love y'all therapists, I do. I look forward to the day when you're out of a job. One day pastors and ICU doctors and cancer doctors will be out of a job. One day lawyers will be out of a job. One day funeral homes will be closed. One day there will be no need for nonprofits. There will be no need for lobbying at Congress. I am so thirsty for that day. But we need to be clear about who is the resource and who is the source. John chapter 17, 7, Jesus said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Living for the renewal of all things means we take each day that the Lord has given us, use every resource possible to usher in his kingdom, and yet also rely on him as the source. And some of us are so weary because we thought the resource was going to be the source, and it's failing us. The money can't be your source. The job can't be your source. Your abilities can't be your source. There is one Alpha and Omega, And Revelation says to him who sits on the throne belongs all blessing and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen and amen. That's our offer from the Lord. 
that that's the reality of this renewal. And that reality should not pacify us, but enliven us, mobilize us. As we see that renewal has a place, a purpose, and is a person that frames for us how we live today. As the place of renewal, we move forward, laboring unto glory to see God's renewal purposes unfold. Yet we rest in the one who is the source of it all. And so we live. We live as if we can see the end. See the the fullness of shalom, God's peace coming. It's coming. Some of you love to go on road trips. God bless you. Um, you. You find pleasure in hitting the road, traveling across country for hours on end. Um, I rarely see kids enjoying road trips. Um, I feel like the anthem cry for kids, especially when they're new to road tripping, uh, is that all-important question, are we there yet? Anybody ever asked that question as a kid? Anybody heard that question asked by a kid? I asked it. My kids ask it, too. My kids, they're, they're longing to get out of the car and make it to the destination but now kids are spoiled because you can tranquilize them with a screen. <laughs> praise God. Praise, praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen, millennial parents. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, my daughter ha- has learned how to read our GPS it's on our phone, on our dashboard. And when we're getting somewhat close, uh, the GPS line uh, shows the end with this little red dot that, that pings the, the final destination of the journey. Uh, one day, our, our family was, was riding in the car, and the kids were antsy and restless and weary. And then all of a sudden, my daughter shouts out, Mommy, Daddy, I see the red dot. I see it. We're almost there. Uh, now, we still had a long ways to go. Um, but my daughter saw that that red dot was coming. And that was enough for her to change her tune. All of a sudden, she starts cleaning up the toys she was playing with and and putting away the snacks she was eating. All all of a sudden, she was excited and invigorated. She she was sharing with her brother in the back seat. (laughs) And it was all because she saw the red dot. Brothers and sisters, we are on a long journey, much longer than we may want. And for many of us, we keep crying out, are we there yet? How long, O Lord? And yet, while we long for the renewal of all things, the Lord invites us to live. Live as you see the vision of the end. We are bound for the promised land. As we look for it and long for it, may we live for it to the glory of God. In other words, God's gonna trouble the waters. Can you say that with me? God's gonna trouble the waters. Amen.
Amen. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, at one time we were separated and alienated from Christ and strangers to the covenants of promise and having no hope without God. But now we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God, thank you that one day we will no longer groan inwardly for the redemption of all things. We will be unhindered in worshiping you. Help us to hope in the salvation that we have received and rejoice that one day, someday, all will be well in you. Help us to long for this, to look for this, and to live for this. Amen.